Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I'm here as always with Father Stephen Gauthier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Father Stephen, today we're going to talk about a topic that might feel sort of basic, but I think you get into it, it there might be more, more interesting things here than, than one might think, but it's the, the 12 apostles. Um, and uh, these are also the, the, the 12 disciples in the, in, in the Gospels, same group, but we're just going to go through this as a general topic and uh, not assume that uh, any, not assume uh, too much prior knowledge, because I think as you'll see, there's 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 more to it than meets the eye. But let's let's begin. So first of all, uh, who who are the twelve apostles? Um, and maybe we can start with their names. Uh, let's 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 list their names and where they come from. Well, first of all, we have four different sources. Uh, for the names of the apostles. We have three lists in each of the first three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. Matthew, Matthew 10, we have a list. In Mark 3, we have a list. In Luke 6, we have a list. And Luke gives us another list in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. So there are four lists of the apostles. Now in John's Gospel, notice I've been leaving John out here, he mentions eight of the people whose names appear on these lists. Only eight of them are mentioned, but they are mentioned. So mm-hmm. we have no list in John's Gospel, but eight of the names we have on these lists appear in John's Gospels. The other four just don't. And that's so, right, because John is, uh, you know, assuming you've got the lists and yeah. the other synoptics, and I'm going to do other things. Exactly. Okay. But he still right. still ends up mentioning eight of them. Right. Because they're very active. Yeah. So it's interesting how they group them. There are really three groups of four. And the first group is always based on brothers. There are two sets of brothers in the Apostles. So the first is the brothers, the brotherhood group, so to speak. We have the two sets of brothers. We have Simon Peter and his brothers Andrew. So they're mm-hmm. always in that group together. And we know the uh, James and John are both sons of a man named Zebedee. So they're brothers. So we always put them together. And we always start out with Peter because Peter is the spokesman for the apostles. So you might say, well, gee, what order do they come in? It depends. You see, two of the lists that we have, two of the lists base it on kinship. They basically said, let's have Peter and Andrew next to each other because, you know, they are, you know, they're, they're the, put the brothers together. But one of them says, no, we need to put them based on the, the, the inner circle first. You know, Peter, James, and John. So, uh-huh. but all you need to know, the first section is all the brothers. Okay. It's the brother circle. Why, why are Peter, James, and John the inner circle? Well, uh, probably because at certain points in his life, you want a more intimate group. And it says in Jewish law that everything has to be supported by two or three witnesses. So these are the ones Jesus really chooses to be his, and they have very special relationships. We know Simon with uh, Jesus, you know, upon, you know, he says, you know, Simon, flesh and blood hasn't uh, revealed this to you. I'll build, on this rock, I will build my church. Um, uh, We have James actually is going to be the only apostle whose martyrdom is recounted in the New Testament. Okay, okay, yeah. And we have John, you know, the, the disciple closest to, uh, closest to Jesus, you know, per the, the gospel of John. So it seems mm-hmm. that there's a special, in each case, there's a, a special relationship here. 
but they're also present with Jesus for some pretty. They're key present, moments, right? right? That's the, they're the inner circle. I said they were at the transfiguration, mm-hmm. at the ra- at the raising of Jairus' daughter, and at the agony in the garden. So okay. we have three witnesses uh, that we require two or three witnesses by Jewish law in those three key events. Okay, so that's the first group, and then we have a second group. And two of the people in the second group are among that group not mentioned in John's gospel. We have Philip is everywhere. Everybody talks about Philip. But Bartholomew is not mentioned, which could be interesting, is not mentioned by John. And we're going to find out somebody else is that people think might be Bartholomew. We'll talk about okay. that a little later. Okay. We have Thomas, who John tells us means it was called the twin. And then we have Matthew. And again, Matthew is not mentioned by, um, is not mentioned by John. So Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the second group. And the third group is everybody agrees, James, the son of Alphaeus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have, based on the order, it seems pretty clear. Matthew and Mark talk about a man named Thaddeus. But, the, but when we come to the others, when we talk about Luke and John, they talk about a man named Judas, but not the Judas Iscariot, another Judas called son of James, or simply, I love this, Judas, not Iscariot. <laughs> in John's gospel. Not that guy. Not that guy. And then we have um, Simon, and he's given two, two different names. He's sometimes called the Canaanian. He's not Simon Peter. He's Simon the Canaanian, or he's Simon the Zealot. Zealot was one of the political parties, so to speak, political groupings. in the. And then we have Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. Okay, okay. So those, those three groupings are kind of per how some of the gospels organize things, but this is the sort of the, the three traditional groupings. Well, it's basically, if you look at the, yeah, that's really how they come together. If you look at the, the gospel list, it's basically in three groups of, you know, this, the brothers, then follow the Philip, Andrew, Thomas, and Matthew. And then finally, James, son of Alphaeus, who's not mentioned in John's gospel, uh-huh. uh, Thaddeus or Judas, you know, two different names, Simon, uh, who is not mentioned in John's gospel and Judas. Okay. Okay. Everyone right, mentions so- Judas Iscariot, of course. Yeah, yes, this is unfortunately infamous. Um, Okay, so um, we we have some identity questions here. I know you you referred to, but there's also some of them have two different names, right? And we we all know Simon Peter, but let's talk about their identity uh, identity questions and make sure we've got them right. Well, sometimes people be having talked about you know like James the son of Zebedee, and we talk James son of Alphaeus. Is in most churches people talk about James the Greater or James the Lesser. And you say, what's that about? And so basically, just so you're aware of that, if you run into it, is this isn't in the Bible, but we have James the Greater is the term that's used to describe the son of Zebedee. You know, the one who's actually martyred in the book of Acts of the Apostles. And the other one we never hear anything about is James the Lesser, the son of Alphaeus. Okay. Now, there's another figure. There's a lot of a wealth of James in the, in the New Testament. There's James, brother of the Lord, who probably has that title simply to distinguish him from the other two. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. However, in the Western church, as we mentioned in a different context, they sometimes, they typically have identified him historically with James the Lesser. Oh, There's no true. reason to believe that's true. I mean, it's just, the West has a tendency to try to conflate people. Right. I was about to say, let's just, they have the same name, let's just make them the same person. There really th- there's three Jameses in the Eastern church, and most scholars would say we have James, son of Zebedee, James, son of Alphaeus, the two apostles. And somebody else, a third James, who runs the church of Jerusalem, who's known as Brother of the Lord, to keep him so you don't mix him up with the other two. And he wrote the epistle of James. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we got some Jameses. Now we got that sorted out. Yeah. Let's talk about Bar- about uh, Bartholomew. Well, Bartholomew, 
Yeah, Bartholomew is is appears, of course, in the um, in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but he's n- nowhere to be found in John. However, he's always paired with Philip on the lists. Now, Philip is mentioned as bringing Jesus to one of his friends named Nathaniel. Hmm. So Nathaniel's associated with Philip. Philip is the one who says, "You got to meet this guy. He's the Messiah." Remember, he comes and he says, you know, there's, a, there's no guile in you. And he said, right. So Philip brings him to him. And so people say, well, and also in John 21, 2, where they're talking about a list of disciples with Jesus on the lake, they specifically mention Nathaniel as one of the names. Don't mention Bartholomew, but mention Nathaniel. Uh, so this has led the church to conclude, and a lot of people believe that they're the same person. Okay. That Nathaniel is just another name I for see. Bartholomew. And that's just kind of deduction from the number 12 and the lists that we get um, that these two are probably the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's obviously important, his story is told in John's gospel of, of his coming to Jesus. And he's mentioned being with the list of the 12 and he's mentioned with the list. And it's not actually a list, but the listers just like seven of them together, you know, as fishing and they mention with the, the, with the other disciples and he gives a list okay. and he's in that and, list. So he's clearly and, in this smaller group. And, and he's the one, in whom there is no guile. In right? whom there is no guile. Yeah. I saw you while you're sitting under the fig tree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. That's Got the it. one. So actually, that's uh, probably a good thing. That's that's not, uh, that's pretty good scholarly reasons to believe that, that the, the Bartholomew and Nathy were just two different names. Okay. Okay. So that's a and good And actually, Bartholomew might have been a more formal thing because Bar means son of, you know, uh, as opposed mm, yeah. to Nathaniel just being more of a, a first name or maybe a special name like Peter has a different name instead of Simon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then with Matthew, everybody mentions Matthew, uh, you know, this way is Matthew, you know, in the Gospels. But the trouble is with Matthew is we have the story of the tax, clearly we have the same story with the tax collector, but he's clearly identified as, a ta- as the tax collector as, as, um, as Matthew in Matthew's Gospel. But Mark and Luke describe his name as being Levi. Okay, yeah. So we have the same story, the guy has different names. But, you know, so it's caused people to believe, given this position, everything else, that they were just two different names for the same person, Levi mm-hmm. and Matthew. Okay, got it. Is there, a re- is there a reason why they'd have, he'd have two different names or be called by two different names? Oh, yeah, it's very common. Um, uh, there are two basic reasons why people would have different names. Uh, one is in a, in a multilingual world, as people often had names that were more typical of their ethnic group. Like today, if you're Jew, you always have a synagogue name. Or a temple name that you bring that is your a, a Jew, by definition is always a real Jewish name that you use okay, is your yeah. name in synagogue, um, as opposed and so Levi is a very Jewish name, and you know a Matthew uh, its form and things is is much more Greek. It has some actually has Semitic roots, but it's sort of a Greek, a Greek form. So it might have been you just use it like instead of you if you're Esteban in Mexico, you might start calling yourself Steve if you come to the United States. Sure, sure. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So we got Matthew. And another and thing Levi. is also you sometimes have people getting names as nicknames. Like we're told Thomas was called the twin. Okay. So for one reason or another, people just would get a name that they used. Like some people yeah. use their middle names here, right, as their first name instead. Yeah, or like how in college I was called Goose. Is that just just kind of like you got a got a kind of like a, a nickname that people apply to you for whatever reason? I have no idea why I was called that. It was very strange. But anyway, all right, so we've okay. got Matthew and Levi, and then uh, any, we have any other identity crises to resolve? Oh, uh, we have Tha- Thaddeus, 
And in some manuscripts, you get a third name, Labius, uh, for him in the Latin Vulgate. So actually, uh, Jerome calls him the, the man with the three names. Uh, <laughs> but he's really Judas, uh, the Judas who's not Iscariot. So sometimes he's called Thaddeus, sometimes he's called Judas. Okay, I see. All right. Um, great. Well, let's... So here's one question. You know, the, the these are the... These are the company of the apostles, uh, but in the in the gospels they're called disciples. Um, so what's what's the difference between a, a disciple and an apostle? Or the same people are called both in a different context. Where you know we're told that uh, you know Jesus called them apostles. Is the difference is the word that we have disciple is from a Latin word for a learner. Now you may say, well, wait, the New Testament's written in Greek. That's true, but mathetes in Greek is the same thing as disciple. It kind of means someone who learns. Mm-hmm. So a disciple is simple. So it's a fair thing. It's the same idea. They're stu- we call them students. They were mm-hmm. all basically people who studied under Jesus. They were all they were they you know they 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 followed to learn from. They were they were learners. Disciples were learners. That was a big crowd. There are a lot more disciples than apostles. Right. It's a subset. Twelve of those Jesus chooses, and it says, for example, in Mark, it says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed 12. Notice that sounds like a subgroup. He said he called those who he desired to come to him. And then he said he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles. That's a quote. Whom he also named. Apostles is the Greek word for somebody sent on a mission. Yeah. So that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. So he has a lot of learners, but it's sort of like grad school. You have grad students and you have some grad students actually help out by being TAs or research assistants. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So he appoints some of them on a mission. So an apostle is someone on a mission. So there are more disciples than there were apostles. Some of those learners actually were specifically chosen by Jesus to go on on mission. So an apostle is a disciple on sent on a mission, right? Basically. Matter of fact, in the in the apostle in the Gospel of Matthew, the term apostle is only used once to say he called them apostles. Otherwise, the apostle always simply referred to his disciples. Yeah, yeah. They're not exclusionary yeah. terms, except that not everyone is, everyone who's an apostle is a disciple, but not every disciple is an apostle. Okay, okay. Well, so why are why are there twelve of them? Why does he stop at twelve? Well, it's the continuity, and we really can see that the continuity with Israel. There were 12 tribes of Israel. It's the number of Israel, 12. Okay. And in Revelation, notice something. They show you this is clearly the link. We're told that the heavenly Jerusalem has 12 gates, each with the name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. But the wall is built on 12 foundation stones with, for e- with the name of each of the 12 apostles. So mm. the apostles are sort of the successors to the 12 tribes of Israel. The so two are related. I see. 12 gates, 12 apostles. And it's interesting. People say, why 24 elders? And what scholars think is that they're basically saying it's showing the completion of the old and new Israel together. You know, the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles. The old Israel, the new Israel together, 24. I see. And that's why it's so important. It's a symbol of Israel. Remember, like in the the feeding of the 5,000, we have 12 baskets left over Mm -hmm. because it's for the Jews. And notice they felt it was important to maintain that number because when Judas dies or goes off to his own place, as we're told in Acts of the Apostles, yeah. he, he has to replace by Matthias. Right, right. They, they weren't just going to leave a vacancy. They had to fill the 12th spot. 
Yeah. So, so that although later on it, the, the group expands because Paul becomes an apostle in a different way than the others and is mm -hmm. considered to have the same rank. And so there are, that makes 13. I see. I see. So, um, so let's talk about how they, which of the apostles, uh, died prematurely. Well, they all died, but which, which ones, uh, died prematurely? Well, first of all, what do we knew from know from the New Testament? We only know we know what happens to three of the apostles, either for for sure or have a pretty good idea. For example, Judas hanged himself, mm -hmm. and we have the thing where he his bowels burst off. But that because I think that's a result of the hanging, is a traditional understanding. Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded. We're told that he, he died by the sword, which is the way of saying beheaded was what that meant. He died by the sword in Jerusalem. That's an act of the apostles. Jesus predicted predicted that Jesus Jesus predicted that Peter would be a martyr in John twenty one in mm -hmm. verse eighteen, but we're not actually told in the in the scriptures how that happened. Now in scripture the idea was that all faced martyrdom, but one of uh, but one of them actually died of old age, which is John. So their idea by a miracle John was preserved from two attempts to kill him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of their that's hinted at in the in the gospel as well isn't that is isn't that in john um where jesus where where peter asks jesus you know what about him uh, i think the question here is there's a tradition forming that you know will john be alive when christ comes back you know that he some might would not die and he said that's not true i didn't say that <laughs> okay i see i see yeah that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> saying you know as long as this guy's alive it basically will be within his lifetime and he says no yeah yeah okay um, okay, so, you know, we've talked about symbols, different Christian symbols, symbols for the Gospels especially, but the, the Apostles, are they associated with certain symbols? Yeah, and there's a lot of mixture of the symbols. I would like to focus on ones that you're likely to see that are pretty universal, that you'll mm -hmm. see a lot if you go to churches in Europe and things, or a lot of the Anglican churches will have them in stained glass windows of the Apostles. So the ones that are where we're pretty, it's pretty, you can be pretty sure this is going to be the symbol of that apostle. I'd focus on those, the ones that are pretty universal. Some of the lesser known apostles, there's all sorts of variety. For example, if you see, if you see somebody who looks like an apostle with keys in his hand, you know it's Peter. Yeah, yeah. That's because, remember, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Uh -huh. So for that reason, if you see in a church, if you see a stained glass window, if you see somebody holding keys, it's Peter. Okay, okay. Now, Paul is interesting. Two ways you can tell Paul. Paul holds a sword. Because remember talk about the sword of the the sword of the spirit, you know, the mm -hmm. word of God, the sword of the spirit, and also because he was beheaded. As a Roman citizen, Paul, you know, uh, by tr tr very well-attested church tradition was beheaded under Nero's persecution. A very well-attested tradition. And so the sword is it's very often you carry what the instrument that killed you as a trophy that you had victory over this. You know, uh, you I have see. life rather than death it was your trophy. He's also presenting, if you, with Peter and Paul are together, you can always, if they're not carrying something, what you can tell is Paul has a hair issue. <laughs> Paul is balding. That's so seriously, pattern, when you ever baldness. see Peter and Paul together, you can tell, uh, I'm looking at an Orthodox right here, and you see Paul is the one who's uh, hair challenged. 
Okay. <laughs> so quite seriously, if you don't see them holding their symbols, you know, you can be sure that um, that the one with the less hair. Like, remember when Basil has a better beard when we talked about Basil versus John Chrysostom? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So just remember that. If you can't tell Peter and Paul, and they say Peter and Paul, and there are a lot of Eastern Orthodox things there, what you look for is who has less hair is going to the one. He's, he's a frontal pattern balding for Paul. Okay, okay, got it. Um, yeah, so... So, okay, so we've got, we can tell Peter and Paul apart, keys, sword, and hairline. And then uh, who else gets it? Who else gets it? Andrew. Andrew's a very popular saint. For example, the patron of of Scotland is Andrew. Mm. And Andrew uh, supposedly was, uh, you know, by tradition, was crucified on a cross in the form of an X rather than a T. It was the form of an X. And that's why you think of the flag of Scotland is an X. You know, it's a blue X on a white, uh, is it a white, um, it's, I think, I it's, think a blue, it's, it's it's a blue, blue on cross white, and a white it? blue on white blue yeah. cross and a white background, and so that's you know Saint Andrew's cross. So it's an X, the letter X. It's called a saltire in um, heraldry. Okay. Okay. James, the son of Zebedee, he became tremendously popular for something which is a historical. Later on, we have a miracle that has him evangelizing Spain. That's uh, why okay. we have Saint Jacques of Compostela, Saint you know rather Saint James of Compostela. And so because of that pilgrimage, the symbol of the pilgrimage was a seashell, a scallop shell. Hmm. And so anytime you see an apostle holding a scallop shell, it's St. James, the son of Zebedee, James oh, the, okay. the, the Greater. But that's because of kind of an apocryphal story there. But yes. That's, that's, where we, that's where he gets the shell. Okay, got it. Uh, got it. Post-apocryphal. I mean, this is really a, a late story of his coming right, to right. Uh, Spain. Okay. Then we have John. Now, John has an eagle because he's an evangelist. We talked about that, one of the gospel guys. He also, there was uh, an attempt to poison him that uh, a serpent in, uh, you have a serpent in a cup sometimes is a symbol, or a pot of oil. They tried to boil him alive in oil and he came out unharmed. Oh, I see. Is one of the one of the tales about about John. Uh, so you can, some, if you see somebody with a pot of oil, it's John. You see that pretty not uncommonly. Or so, very often you'll see him holding a chalice with a, a, a snake in it, symbol, symbolizing poison. Mm, I see. But one thing in the Western church, you can tell something about him. In the Western church, there's a tradition. He's the only apostle never got married. And a sign of virginity was not having a beard. So often in the Western church, if you see a whole group of apostles, the guy without the beard is John. John. That's in the Western church only. So in the Eastern church, people with Greek names don't have beards. You know, sometimes, you know. (laughs) So not having a beard, that's like he's still at the kids table, as it were. So, uh, yeah. yeah, sadly, yes. <laughs> okay, got it. Actually, yeah, the best place at table is next to our Lord. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Great. So, anybody else? Uh, Philip. Uh, Philip. Remember, he was the one who said, "What is this? Here are some two, five loaves and two two fish. What's that for this crowd like this?" So you sometimes see him holding a, a basket with with some loaves in it, or just two fish in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, loaves. And sometimes, for some reason, he has a towel cross. That's a cross. It's like a letter T. Okay. Okay. That's just what happened, but it's pretty common to see. Philip is a common name. People like the name Philip because it means something in Greek. You know, hippos is is a word for um, uh, a horse. Yeah. Hippopotamus in Greek means a a river horse. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so Philip means a horse lover. Uh And so a lot of people are are horse lovers and say love that was a very popular name. You know, so Philip, you know, so you see him a lot. He's a very popular Mm -hmm. saint that way. Bartholomew has one of the most, the tradition has that Bartholomew was skinned alive Ooh. and then decapitated. So his sign is, is, a, is a knife. Wow. Sort of gruesome. Okay. 
So yeah. if you see somebody holding a knife, it means that you know his uh, Bartholomew being skinned alive. And Matthew gets an angel as an evangelist because that was his one of the four. So those are the, all the ones that you you see everywhere that are. The others are pretty esoteric. You know, I could tell yeah. you if I saw them, but they're like four or five things to choose from. It's not worth a hassle. But these are worth knowing because you're going to see them all the time if you look at stained glass. Okay, great. And especially in Ang- like in old Episcopal churches, because they used to love having the apostles as a theme, and they love showing the special symbols. So you see these a lot in old Episcopal churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. Anything else you've got for us on the Twelve Apostles? Yeah, the important thing with the Twelve Apostles in the church is to remember is the idea that they're that the church is. We're not self-appointed. We're not a fan club saying, why don't we try to remember something? These are the ones Jesus chose to be with him and on his carrying out his mission. And they represent the church. Mm. They've continued. They've continued. They have laid hands on those after them. So yeah. the idea is they are the symbol of the church, the, 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 which is the new Jerusalem, uh-huh. the new Israel. thanks so much father Stephen. thank you for listening to word and table we'll be back again next week for more on liturgy sacraments and the great tradition of christian worship thanks for listening